Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Racing Beat Podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Jerry Bunkowski, and I'm very, very excited about this particular episode. Our guest is someone who has become a very close friend of mine for nearly a decade, and he is, without a doubt, one of the most amazing individuals I've met and covered in more than 30 years of covering not just motorsports, but all forms of sports. Today's guest is Jay Blake, a team owner and crew chief on one of the best top alcohol funny car teams in the National Hot Rod Association. Jay has an absolutely incredible and inspiring story to tell, as he does everything a regular team owner and crew chief does, but with one major exception. Jay is totally, 100% blind. Completely, totally without vision. He lost his sight nearly 25 years ago in an industrial accident that not only cleaned his eyes, it also took his sense of smell and taste Yet he has come back from that accident to build not only a successful and winning race team, he also is extremely sought after and in demand as a motivational speaker, particularly his five tools everyone should have in their life's toolbox. Trust me, if you're around Jay in person, you'd be amazed at the things he can do. He works in the car, loads and unloads it onto the hauler, works on every inch of that race car, and seemingly does it with a constant smile on his face. Uh, His nickname? Happy Harry, and so, so true. For someone who's suffered so much, Jay is one of the most positive people I've ever met. He's truly an inspiration to anyone who meets him. We'll have contact information for Jay and his Follow a Dream organization at the end of this podcast. So without further ado, here's our interview with the incredible and amazing Jay Blake. Welcome back to the Racing Beat Podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. And I'm Jerry Bunkowski. It's my really true pleasure to uh, introduce today's guest, Jay Blake, the uh, owner of Follow a Dream, uh, which is a fantastic operation. It's not only a race team, but it's also uh, an organization that really helps promote uh, awareness of both uh, racing, uh, people with... with, um, uh, things like blindness, which Jay obviously is, is blind. We're going to talk a little, little bit about that as well, too. A real good organization that really helps a lot of people. And Jay is one of the best inspirational speakers I've ever heard. I've, I've heard him speak before, and he really has turned, you know, what, what may have uh, a situation that may have stopped a lot of people. And Jay has actually embraced it and taken it forward. So, Jay, first of all, thank you very much for joining us here on, on the Racing Beat podcast. I really appreciate it. And I guess the first place to start off with, Jay, is, you know, you are such an inspirational figure. I mean, uh, you know, you had a very serious injury and uh, in a, in a very serious accident that took your vision about 20 some years ago. And we'll get into that in a few minutes. But, you know, the fact that you've been able to go forward and you've built not only a great drag racing team, but you also built the Follow a Dream Foundation is just a real, a real testament to your ability. And, and, you know, I've said this to my wife, I've said this to other people that know you. I don't think I know I've ever met a person that's as positive as you are. You are constantly positive. I mean, even, even in the face of adversity, you're positive. I really, really like that. So I, I guess the best place to start with Jay, like I said, is, you know, tell me a little bit about 
about you and, you know, uh, we might as well start with the blind, you know, the accident first and how that, how you became blind from that. And then we can kind of go from there. So tell me a little bit about, um, you know, who you are and then let's segue into the, the accident that took your vision and then how you've been able to, to go forward from there. Well, it's great to be on, Jerry. I greatly appreciate you having me as your guest and I'm looking forward to uh, a great future with your podcasting. Um, I went blind May 22nd, 1997. I was at work. I had a forklift wheel and tire assembly explode in my face, throwing me about 45 feet through the air. I was airlifted to Mass General Hospital in Boston, where surgeons worked for over about 11 hours, rebuilding my face and eventually implanting two prosthetic eyes. Uh, it was what I call a bad day at the office. But... <laughs> See, that's what I mean. That's your. I love your positivity, but I mean, but I mean, no, I mean, in all seriousness, I mean that that was such a an, uh, you know an, a horrible horrible accident. Tell me about how the recovery began. And, um, you know, I, I've talked to you about this many times in the past, but, you know, for our listeners, just how you turned such an adversity into a positive. When I had the accident, I don't remember anything about the accident. I don't remember anything about arriving at the hospital. Mm -hmm. But my first memory, I woke up in a very white place. I like to describe like a cloud. It was very, very white, very bright, and so incredibly peaceful that you literally can't describe the peace. It was just truly amazing. Mm -hmm. And a male voice said to me, do you want to stay or do you want to go? And I said, I, I have kids, I'm married, I, I have to go. And the next thing I remember is I woke up and my older brother was there and I, I either said it or I wrote it. Am I alive? And he said, yes. And I said, am I blind? And he said, we think so. Mm -hmm. Because at that time I had lost one eye and they were trying to save the other eye, which they were unable to do. Mm -hmm. But uh, that near-death experience, I, I truly believe gave me the, the serenity to, to move forward. I have always been an optimistic, positive person. Um, you know, growing up, I was nicknamed Happy Harry. My, <laughs> right. my legal name's Harry, and um, my mother called me Happy Harry. So I've always kind of had a positive outlook. And after the accident and just having the opportunity at life again, you know, I am very, very blessed and, and fortunate to have a second chance at life and Yes, I can't see, my eyes don't work, but it's truly 
amazing what you can do without sight. And it, what it really is, is it's truly amazing what you can do with a positive attitude and allowing yourself to, to go where you don't think you can. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we limit ourselves all the time. And if you don't limit yourself and you just go for it and you think positively, it's amazing what we are capable of. Well, what you have done has been just so amazing because I've been around you a number of times and I, as well as people that know you, we, and there there really is no better word than amazed that you are able to do what you're able to do because, you know, the accident was in 1997. Here we are 24 years almost later. Uh, If people were to come by the pits and watch you, the way you work on the car, the way you work on the trailer, the, you know, loading, unloading the car, all the things you do, if they, and, and my wife even said this to me one time, uh, when we were, I think it was Chicago Land, or I'm sorry, Route 66 Raceway, uh, when she met you, she says, it's amazing to watch him because you think he can see everything and you can't see anything. I mean, just that you have that innate knowledge, that innate ability to do things that just absolutely, you know, uh, surprise a lot of people. How, how have you been able to turn the negative negativity of being blind into the positivity, not just with your, you know, your, um, you know, your character, your personality, the way you are with people, but that you're able to do so many different things that I think a lot of people would just take for granted, but you make it look so, for lack of a better word, easy. I know it's not easy, but you have been able to make it that way. How, how difficult of a, or has it been a difficult struggle to, you know, do things you, you, I remember um, um, we had talked once before and you said you basically visualize things in your mind. You really don't need your eyes to see because you can already visualize it in your mind. So I guess the best place to start off, I mean, the best place to continue this is how did you, when you got out of the hospital, let's tra- start from there. I mean, you know, did you, I know you've talked in the past about you, um, you really didn't know what your future was going to be, but you wanted to be involved in racing somehow um, let, let's start from there. When you got out of the hospital. When I got out of the hospital, I had no idea what was ahead for me. Mm-hmm. I knew my entire life had changed. I knew that I'd never drive again. Um, and I just, I mean, my entire life, I made a living fixing cars and trucks and driving trucks and it was all visual and but when I got home and I was probably two weeks after being home I made my way out to my garage where my toolbox had been brought home and I walked over to it and I counted down three drawers to my wrench drawer and I opened up my wrench drawer And I pulled out a combination wrench and I could see it with my hands. I knew exactly what it was. I knew, you know, the open end, the box end. And I had a rough idea of what size it was Mm -hmm. and it was all through my hands. So I smiled, I put the wrench back and then 
I bent down over and opened up my bottom drawer, which was the junk drawer. Mm-hmm. And I literally closed my eyes and turned my head. It, you know, the whole concept of blindness wasn't totally there yet. <laughs> and uh, I, I just grabbed something. And I grabbed a GM distributor module. And I could see what it was through my hands. Right, I see. Right, right, right. And I said to myself, I'm going to learn to do what I could do before again. And at that moment, I was convinced that I was going to learn how to work on cars again. Mm-hmm. And then months later, a friend of mine took me to um, actually probably a year later. Mm-hmm. We went to um, Reading, Pennsylvania for an NHRA drag race and when I was I had always been a big fan of drag racing my brother had um super comp dragsters and I went racing with him but I always dreamed of doing it as a living and not really as a hobby Mm -hmm. and when I went to the Keystones in Maple Grove Pennsylvania when I was there, I realized that I could still enjoy the sport. And I decided that I was going to go home. I was going to find a sponsor and I was going to start my own race team. The original goal was to go find, you know, $3 million and start a top fuel team. <laughs> right, right. That, that was the fantasy. Um, but it worked out that I started a nonprofit called Follow a Dream. Mm-hmm. I started with a super dragster that my brother drove and I, the nonprofit follow a dream came about because I wanted to go back and encourage kids to believe in themselves, to think positively and to get as much out of their education as they could, no matter what they were going to do in their life. And mm-hmm. The combination of all of it became follow a dream. And here we are in 2021. We're still going. Yeah, that's a testament to you. I mean, you're, you're an incredible drive. And, you know, you, like I said earlier, I mean, other people that may have had a similar experience where they lost, you know, their vision or maybe lost a limb, they would give up on life. And you actually embraced life and you have just gone on and, really done a tremendous job. I want to talk a little bit more about follow a dream, but I, I have a follow-up question I wanted to ask you. So after the accident, you said a couple of weeks after you got home, you went out to the garage and you started, you know, fix or uh, uh, look or feeling some of your parts and you had that innate knowledge of what the part of the, uh, you know, the tools were and that kind of thing. How have you been able to adapt? Uh, and I don't know if that's the right word, but how have you been able to adapt to the changes, particularly in racing with, you know, there's always new kinds of tools coming out and that kind of thing that you can't see them, but you're able to use them. I mean, how do you teach yourself or how do you learn how to use some like new things that have come on the market? Uh, uh, in addition to all the tried and true to tried and true tools that you have from the past. I mean, how have you been able to adapt that? Cause I, that's one thing that's always amazed me about you that you've been able to with, even without sight, you can 
you know, you know where your tools are at, you know, which tools to use, you know, you know, which tools to use working on the engine or the car or the trailer or what have you. How did you able, how were you able to adapt to that? I've been very, very fortunate that I have been able to adapt and it just kind of was second nature. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I've always loved working with my hands. I've prided myself that my toolbox has been bigger than me most of my life. Um, <laughs> you, you know, and I have a picture hanging up in my office, probably 10 feet in front of me. And I'm like three or four years old. And my sister's three or four years old. And I have a pedal tractor tipped over and a toolbox next to me. So <laughs> me and tools have a very long term relationship. Right, exactly. And you know, being blind, your eyes don't work, but your brain still does and your hands do. So you just look at things with your hands and build the image in your head. Now, I was sighted for 31 years mm-hmm. and I've been a tool junkie most of my life. To give you an example, I didn't read comic books. I read Snap-on tool catalogs. <laughs> I loved looking at a Snap-on tool catalog. That was my comic book. So um, I, I just, I love tools. And I have a Bridgeport and a metal lathe in my shop. Mm-hmm. I have never used either one of them sighted. I've only wow. learned to use them after I went blind. Wow. Wow. And um, I'm no expert, but, you know, what you can do is it's that attitude. If you just allow yourself to go there, then you can do it. And it's not always easy. It can be very frustrating at times. Um, But, you know, for me, it's truly what I love to do is work with my hands. Mm-hmm. The, the fact that you have become so successful, not only with the Follow a Dream organization, but also with your race team and that, do you sometimes sit back and say to yourself, wow, I did all this? I mean, do, do, do you sometimes surprise yourself at what you've been able to do since that, that uh, unfortunate accident you, you have, you've had you know, almost a quarter century ago? I mean, do you kind of amaze yourself at what you're able to do? I tend not to look backwards. I tend to try and look forwards. Mm-hmm. And what do I have to do next to keep going and make things successful? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it is truly, I have truly been blessed and fortunate to been able to make a positive difference in people's lives. And that is the most incredible opportunity and, and feeling that I, I've had. Um, you know, this whole pandemic that we're coming out of, hopefully. Mm-hmm. You know, I I do realize how fortunate I am to do what I do and despite being blind. But, um, you know, it... it it's, I call it the roller coaster ride of life, Jerry. And uh, 
Right. We all get on the ride, and it's certainly been a hell of a ride. So exactly, exactly. I really try and focus on what's next to do compared to what I have done. We we have developed a very strong and very tight relationship over the last five six years, and I'm going to ask you a question that I've never asked you before, and I say this with an incredible desire for you to, you know, for the rest of your life, is there a chance that someday you may be able to have, you know, maybe uh, an, an eye or whatever transplant that would allow you to see? I mean, have you ever gone down that road? Or have you thought about it? I mean, is it possible? I mean, will, will would there be an opportunity for you to see again? And have you thought about that? I've been told pretty much steadily since my recovery that technology will probably never catch up where I'll be able to see again. Mm -hmm. Although I have heard of some new technology that's been around that maybe gives you a, a, a rough black and white view. Um, I... I don't really know. The tech, if the technology comes about, it would be amazing. Mm -hmm. But I don't wake up every day thinking about that technology. Honestly, I spend very little time thinking about it because I can, I'm not going to create something. You know, that that's not my wheelhouse. And instead of trying to concentrate on new technology and what ifs and oh my god could you imagine if and and all of these i'd rather try and figure out how to make my speaking better or my race team better and you know and how to inspire others i if the technology comes around that'll be great um i have no desire to drive the race car but i certainly would love to drive the transporter um, so who knows? You're right, right. Well, let's talk about follow a dream. Um, when you took, you know, when you were at Maple Grove in, in that, um, you know, year or so after your accident, you said that you wanted to go back to racing. How did you devise the plan, if you will, to combine that love of racing with the organization follow a dream? Because you want, I mean, you are such a great speaker. I mean, you, I'm sure you've given hundreds of speeches, hundreds of interviews with the media. How did you combine the two? How did you get the idea to combine the love of racing and also, you know, the the uh, the difficulty of not having sight and yet also being an inspiration for people? I mean, because you know, the follow dream you've got. You was it your five uh, tools for success or in your toolbox? I think I, I, I may be wrong on that. How I said that, but I mean, just how did you come about with the idea of follow a dream? It's five tools for your life's toolbox. That's what it. That's right. 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 Uh, it's a positive attitude, education, passion, determination, and teamwork. Mm -hmm. And with those five tools, you can accomplish your goals and your dreams. The way it all came about, when I was in high school, I really wanted to go to a technical school. 
and I couldn't. And so going through high school, I tried to do as little as possible in order to get out as quick as possible. Because mm-hmm. all I wanted to do was go work on cars and work on race cars. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't until after I graduated from high school and I realized no matter what you're going to do in your life, how important that education is. So now I'm 32 years old, I'm blind, and I'm going to start a race team. I wanted to use the car and my blindness to really go back and encourage kids to believe in themselves. Because, you know, when I was in school, I didn't think much of myself. I loved working on cars. I loved working with wood. I loved working with my hands. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that wasn't very sexy. And people don't look look at that as anything special. And I wasn't a great athlete. I wasn't a great student. So, you know, I struggled with self-esteem and things. And as I grew up, I realized, you know, we're all unique in our own way and we all have special qualities. So I really wanted to go back and encourage kids to believe in themselves. And if they have a dream to focus on it and believe in it Mm -hmm. and to embrace their education and how it would make a difference no matter what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And really just, I wanted to motivate kids mm-hmm. to, to follow their dream. And using the race car and the blindness and showing people that, frankly, I could do this after losing my sight. They could certainly do it after they graduate high school. Right, right, right. And, and as I like to say, I wanted to show people that they could follow their dream. They didn't have to get hit in the head as hard as I did to figure it out. Exactly. Right, 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 right. You know, when, when you read stories in the media about people who have had um, unfortunate accidents, one of the things that's almost always conveyed is that when, particularly if you lose a um, sense, you know, one of your senses, your five senses, that your other senses um, uh, kind of make up for that. In other words, you know, if you lose your vision, your all your other senses get heightened. Is, is that accurate in your case? I mean, you know, when when you were told that you know you'll never be able to to see again, and um, from that point on, did your other senses become um, stronger, more aware, I mean, to basically compensate for the loss of the vision? When I had my accident, I lost my sight, my smell, and my taste. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. It's right. So, yeah, right. Out of five, I lost three. Right, right. And in my opinion, I don't think your other senses get better. I think you get better at using them. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my hearing, 
I have to use my hearing for so many things that I never used to use it for. Mm -hmm. My hearing certainly has not gotten better. If anything, it's gotten worse because of the environment I'm in. Right, right. And, you know, my sense of touch, I just use that for so much. You just get better at using them. Mm -hmm. And um, that, that I really think that's what it is. And it, it's amazing just how your brain adapts. Mm -hmm. it, it's really amazing. Right, right, right. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, the race team you started a couple of years after your accident, it has continued on. You're, you know, you're in the top alcohol funny car ranks and you've been in that for well, almost 20 years. I guess what, about 20 years now, roughly close to 20 years. 2000 um, and 2003 was our first season with the alcohol funny car. Okay, so we 18, almost 20 years. Um, one of the things that has happened, you know, I mean, you've, you've had some great races, you've competed for championships and that kind of thing. Unfortunately, like, you know, many, many millions of people out there, COVID has really um, put your operation essentially on hold because, you know, the, the NHRA obviously had to limit some of its races last year. Uh, they're slowly getting back to, to, you know, seeing more races occur. Um, obviously, the regional races up in the Northeast, which is where you're from, uh, many of them have, have either, you know, taken a hiatus or they, you know, there's only, there's only a few to race. Your car has not raced now for quite some time, uh, for about, what, about a year, roughly, give or, year, give or take, uh, you know, with the COVID and everything like that. I know you're chomping at the bit to get back to the racetrack. Can you kind of explain not only the difficulty that COVID has done for your operation, but that you've been able to maintain that positive attitude, even though, you know, you and a lot of other people are in the same boat where they can't go racing, but you're also doing that without sight as well too. I mean, how, how difficult has this COVID um, pandemic been for you personally as a team owner, uh, you know, as a crew chief, you know, and, and I know a lot of your, um, your workers on the team, they're volunteers, um, how has this really impacted you and, you know, the fact that you're, you can't go racing because either there aren't a lot of races out there, or, you know, I know there's a sponsorship, you're still looking for more sponsorship. How, how difficult has this been for you to, to maintain, you know, the, the, the course, if you will, for the operation, both, you know, the, the racing operation as well as follow dream. COVID literally put me out of business. Wow. Um, we were looking for. We had a 14-year relationship with Permatex mm -hmm. that uh, ended a year before COVID hit. And we had been working on a couple of things. And I had a deal that was going to cover half of what we needed. Mm -hmm. And COVID hit and everything went away. The Sponsor opportunities went away. All the motivational speaking I do for businesses, social groups and schools, that all went away. Everything came to a screeching halt. And then I wasn't able to even pursue sponsorship 
because I had no idea what was happening. Nobody knew what races were going to happen, if they were going to allow spectators. I couldn't go speak. So everything I did at Follow a Dream, I was unable to do. So um, we parked the whole operation, and I was very fortunate that you know, we were in a position to be able to park it and just kind of tuck it away and let it sit for a couple of years and um, try and refocus. And, you know, I've done some virtual presentations and things as things have started to open up. Um, I've done a lot of work in the shop on the to-do list you build over years, but never really get to. Right, right. And, um, you know, trying to work on pursuing new sponsorship and waiting for the race racing to come back with spectators. And, you know, going through all of it, at times it's been very dark and gloomy. And, you know, you turn on TV and all they want to do is tell you, how terrible everything is, how don't, you know, stay home, don't do anything. And I understand that some of that needed to happen to educate people on how to handle this pandemic. Right. But, it, you know, the media struggles with talking about anything good and it just puts people in a bad place. So, you know, I've been very fortunate. I don't watch the news much. I listen to music and I come to the, the shop and work and that's been able to keep me upbeat. And, you know, I got a great group of friends and a great race team and we all stay connected and, you know, try and help each other through it all. Right. Right. You, you know, we, you and I, obviously we keep in contact quite a bit. We talk every couple of weeks and, you know, I've noticed in talking with you of late, you're, I mean, you've always been positive, but it seems like you're more positive right now. I mean, it's like you're chomping at the bit to get back on that racetrack. You want to get the car out there running. Have you kind of, in your mind, envisioned when that's going to be, what it's going to be like to get back in the, you know, get the, get the car back on the track? And um, when do you think a, a sense of normalcy will return to the racing in NHRA? Uh, for, for, you know, not only the pros, but also, you know, the folks in the alcohol ranks, the, the sportsman ranks, I mean, for everybody, I mean, if you had a crystal ball, <clears throat> excuse me, a crystal ball to look into what, what, what kind of future or when, what does the future hold, if you will, for both NHRA, as well as, you know, your, your, uh, your race operation as well, too. NHRA drag racing is the premier drag racing program in the country. And I think they have uh, worked very hard to stay relevant through the pandemic and, you know, working hard to get back to full strength, which I believe will happen this year. Mm -hmm. And for follow a dream, my plan is uh, I will be back racing next year. As I tell people currently with a credit card or with a sponsor. Um, the, the reality is I am confident that 
things will be open next year. I'm confident we will be able to find a sponsor for our program. You know, with the Follow a Dream program, with our speaking program and things, we are dealing with tomorrow's next customer. And when you can start educating kids on what products they should best use for different applications, that stays with them forever. Mm-hmm. And companies like McDonald's have learned that, you know, with the Happy Meals. And mm-hmm. um, so I believe in our program, I believe in our angle, and I am confident, you know, the country is headed in the right direction. We're getting through the pandemic and we're going to be full blast next year. If, if a situation arose, and I already, I'm, I'm sure I already know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask you anyhow. If a situation arose this year where a company came to you and said, you know, we'd like to try, you know, sponsoring you for maybe a half dozen races. Let's just use that as an, as an example. From a mechanical standpoint, from a personnel standpoint, could you go racing this year if, the, if enough funding was able to um, you know, come about to, let you, to allow you to do that? Yes, the team is still intact. Um, you know, I couldn't go racing next week, mm-hmm. but I, I could go racing uh, in May or June for sure. Uh, you know, I actually ordered a crankshaft the other day. You hear people talking about how parts are taking a long time to get. So I have started ordering parts for next year. So mm. if we found a sponsor and they wanted to do something this year, we could be ready to go. Has, 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 you raise a good point. If, well, well, how difficult has it been? Because, you know, you have such a great program with Follow Dream. You have a great presentation to, you know, not only organizations and, and kids and that, but you're the, the presentation you give to potential sponsors is also, you know, very strong, very, very motivating. It's, it's definitely, you know, puts their companies in a, in a good light. How difficult has it been to, you know, during the COVID pandemic to not only, you know, reach out to some of these companies and what's been kind of like their response? I mean, have they kind of said, yeah, we're interested, but, you know, maybe not until 2022. I mean, has, has that been a, uh, a theme or, you know, how, how have you, what's been the feedback for you when you've gone to potential sponsors? I guess that's probably the best way to say it. Honestly, I haven't made a lot of cold calls because I really wanted to make sure things were going in the right direction mm-hmm. before I tried to sell somebody on what we do. I wanted to make sure, you know, kids are going back to school and racing's going to happen again. And, we're not going to go backwards again. I really wanted to be on solid footing before I made a bunch of calls, cold calls to companies trying to pitch my program. Mm -hmm. So I haven't had a lot of feedback yet. Um, But if there's anybody out there listening that wants to be involved in a, a great program and really make a difference, follow dreams, your guy. Exactly. Exactly. The, the, um, 
when when you I, I only have a few more questions here and you've been so gracious with your time i really appreciate it when when, when we do get racing again and, and you know I'm, I'm talking about your team and certainly a lot of the other uh you know alcohol drivers the sportsman drivers all, all the uh the non-pros if you will um will there be a change in your um for lack of a better word, vision for the team going forward based upon what you've learned during this, this off time. And in other words, what I'm getting at is would you envision your yourself because of the significant downturn that we've had in our lives over the last year, because of COVID, would you envision yourself saying, if I can get enough money together, I want to give a shot at, you know, the real fun, the nitro funny car, or maybe uh, top fuel or, or, you know, the, the, the highest ranks of the profession. I mean, have you, I know you and I've talked about that in the past, but I mean, is, is that kind of in your game plan that if the, if the money was able to be found that you would go maybe to a higher level, or are you just kind of very content and happy just to stay in, in the alcohol ranks? I enjoy the alcohol ranks very much. Um, but if I had an opportunity with a, a sponsor to put together a nitro team, I would love that opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it would be a great story. I believe the company would certainly get a big bang for their buck for the first year or two. Mm-hmm. You know, a blind guy goes from a super comp car to an alcohol car to a fuel car. It, it would be quite the story and I'd love the opportunity. Exactly. Exactly. What about, um, with going to follow a dream, the organization for a second, off the top of your head, I've got to guess you've given probably several hundred, if maybe not even to the thousand area in terms of the presentations, the speeches you've given. I know you, you, you want to give back to kids. You want to give back to, you know, get, show them that, you know, if they put their mind to it, they get their education, they can do pretty much whatever they want to do. Can you talk about the self-satisfaction for you in that message, giving that message out to people? Because, I, I mean, I've watched you, you know, at races, we've, you know, we've been at together, uh, people come up to you and, you know, they, you, you always have a very positive attitude to them, uh, especially the kids. Um, you know, how does it make you feel inside to convey that message and, you know, illustrate that you're a perfect example of what can be done even with adversity. It's truly the greatest thing that I do. Um, We have been incredibly fortunate to win some of the biggest races in the country. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have goals to win championships and more championships and more races, but truly making a difference in somebody's life in a positive way is there's no reward like it. It's so, so awesome. And it's incredibly humbling when you get feedback and you really do know you've made a difference. And I have, I've spoke thousands of times Mm -hmm all over the country. I've been to Mexico. I've been to Canada, you know, um, in adults and kids and corporations and schools and social groups. And it's, it's just awesome. 
And, um, you know, I've been told by people at the racetrack that how I've made a difference. And um, I, I've been told, you know, how NHRA should promote follow dream story to show people because of what we're doing. And mm -hmm. the bottom line is I, I just a blind guy who had a dream and um, it, it's just, it's awesome to be able to try and motivate others and, you know, just this whole country needs a constant barrage of optimism and positivity because they are constantly being barraged with negativity and don't do this. You can't do that. And, you know, we need to be positive. Great things happen when you have a positive attitude. Exactly. Well, you I mean, you have, you have got such a fantastic attitude and I, I have one final question. Well, actually two final questions. The, you know, we've known each other, like I said, now for a long time and, I've never asked you this, but I wanted to kind of see what your, your thoughts would be on this. And this may be a difficult question to answer, but, you know, Jay Blake, 24 years ago, May 20, 24th, I believe it was, right? Of, uh, 22nd. 22nd, I'm sorry. May 22nd, 1997, about 5.30 in the afternoon. Not that I remember. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, given what happened that day could you have ever envisioned if you did not have the accident if you would have continued on and could you have ever envisioned and i shouldn't and envision is not the exactly the best word but you know for lack of a better word could you have ever envisioned that you would have been able to build this program that you've developed because not only from a racing standpoint but more importantly from the human interest standpoint, the human feeling standpoint, the, you know, the human inspiration standpoint, do you think you could ever have done that? Or would that have even been in your mind at that point, had it not been for your, for what your accident and, you know, what's transpired since then in the last 24 years? No, Th this was not a plan before my accident. And it wasn't a plan directly after my accident. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's been an incredible opportunity. It's been an incredible experience. Um, and, um, you know, it, it, it's awesome. Exactly. So, um, yeah, but it's, it's not something I ever expected. But it's taken you for you know in such a great direction, you know, being an inspiration, showing you can do things in that. Jay, I have one final question, and you know me. I this is kind of like my signature to, uh, trademark for when I do interviews like this. Is there anything we haven't talked about? That is there a message that you want to convey? Is there? I mean, obviously, you know, we we would love to see people, especially on the corporate level, who watch this podcast or, or listen to the podcast rather. Um, who may be able to change situations and bring a sponsorship to follow a dream. Is there anything we haven't talked about that you would like to 
uh, essentially, I'm, I'll give you a free form to speak, you know, talk about, you know, either potential sponsorship or the program or anything that's, that we haven't talked about that you, you feel that is important to get up, get, you know, convey to the, to the listeners. I greatly appreciate the opportunity, Jerry. And, um, you know, follow a dream is, is out there to make a difference on the racetrack and in people's lives and truly making a difference in people's lives is what we do best. Mm -hmm. Um, The base of the program is five tools for your life's toolbox, a positive attitude, education, passion, determination, and teamwork. And with those five tools, you can accomplish your goals and your dreams. So, you know, if anybody's looking for a speaker, please reach out to Follow a Dream or Jay Blake. And if you know of a company or you work for a company that um, would like to help and be marketed by Follow a Dream, please look me up. Um, we have a great program and we're very excited about getting back out there. And, you know, we just... Everybody listening needs to remember we live in the greatest country in the world. We have more opportunities. We can follow our dream. We, in this country, you have a dream, you can follow it. So if you believe in yourself and you ask for help and you educate yourself and all of those tools, they will get you to your dreams. Exactly. um, that's really what it's all about, and working it, together and having a positive attitude. And it's followadream.org, correct? The website, correct? Yes, followadream.org is the website. Jay Blake is on Facebook. Follow a Dream Racing, I believe, is on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. We have a YouTube site, and um, it's either Jay Blake or I don't see it often. And uh, so it, it's either Jay Blake or follow dream, but we're, we're trying to be everywhere. Right. Is, is if there's a, if there was a way for, I mean, on the follow a dream website, is there contact information? If, if a company wants to reach out to you or maybe an yes. organization would like to have you, you know, speak with them or speak to them. Uh, is there was contact information on the site? Yes, there is contact information on the website. Yes. Great. Great. Well, Jay, as always, I mean, you know, we, I, I love talking with you. I mean, we've become very close friends and um, I believe in you. I believe in your program. Um, you know, COVID has been such a, uh, a devastating situation for so many people, um, you know, people who've lost their lives, people who've, whose lives have been changed, you know, by the, the, the difficulties they've had health wise. Um, but you really are a testament to positivity, believing in your dream, fulfilling your dream. You follow your dream, and your dream is going to continue for a long, long time. And we just hope that you know the the COVID continues to get lessened, if you will, uh, and that you know we see you and your team back on the racetrack. If not 2022, you know me. I've, I've told you this before. I want to see you back on the track this year. I want you. I want to see you like maybe right. in Indianapolis. That'd be great to see. I mean, what? what, what what's that? It certainly would. I mean, it would be a great comeback story 
not only for NHRA, but for you in particular. And, you know, hopefully that, that will transpire sooner rather than later. I don't want to wait till 2022. You know me, I'm the kind of guy that I got to have things right now, you know, <laughs> so, right. but, but, right. but, but again, thank you ever so much for taking the time here. I really appreciate it. And, um, uh, you know, best of luck and continued success. And if, if uh, you know, if I can, uh, if this podcast, excuse me, this podcast can bring about, you know, a change in your life, you know, and, and, you know, maybe sponsorship and that kind of thing. It, it was definitely something that I really wanted to do. So I appreciate you taking the time, Jay, and I wish you the best. Well, of forward. Thank you. And I want to just tell everybody once again, you know, as we come out of this and we go back to life, it may not be the same, but um, as we get back to life, remember to be thankful for all those things we do have. And I have a quote, do not let your fear stop you. Let your dreams drive you. Exactly. That's, and that, I, that, I know you've had that for a long time, and that is so, so true. Jay Blake, thank you ever so much, sir. I appreciate it. And, um, uh, you know, continued success with getting the program back on track, both, you know, literally and figuratively. And, um, you know, we will be talking, obviously, very soon. Thanks very much, Jerry. Wow, what a great interview with our guest, NHRA Top Alcohol Funny Car Team Owner and Crew Chief, Jay Blake. Is he amazing or what? I wrote a story about Jay back in 2016, and one of the individuals I interviewed, Jay's older brother, Jim, gave me one of the absolute best lines I've ever been given that truly capsulizes Jay's life, character, and personality. Jim said, quote, Jay may not see with his eyes, but he has vision, unquote. Truer words were never spoken, in my opinion. Of note, Jay formed the Follow a Dream educational nonprofit organization nearly 20 years ago. Jay has made hundreds of speeches in front of well over 20,000 individuals over the past two decades and has served as an inspiration and an example of how individuals can overcome obstacles, handicaps, and other challenges to become a success and lead a great and fulfilling life. If you want to learn more about Jay Blake, his Follow a Dream organization, or if you're from a company that is looking to sponsor a race team and not that not only is very competitive on the racetrack, but also offers a great human interest story about Jay and his career, his email address is j at followadream.org. That's J-A-Y at followadream.org. Or call his team's race shop at 1-508-420-8319. Again, that's 508-420-8319. Once again, thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Racing Beat Podcast. Thanks to our guest, Jay Blake. And go to Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. That's V as in Victor. Or I'll, I'll spell out all the letters for you. B as in boy. L is in Lincoln, E is in Edward, A is in Adam, V is in Victor.com. Find the search bar and type in The Racing Beat. And you can tune into many of the other podcasts we've done to date, including Ray Evernham, Don the Snake Perdome, Rusty Wallace, Kenny Bernstein, Daryl Waltrip, Juan Pablo Montoya, and many, many more. I'm Jerry Bunkowski, and thanks for tuning in to this episode. We'll catch you next time right here on The Racing Beat. Take care, everyone.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.